Think you hate marketing? Think again. Here on the Marketing Chat Podcast, I share practical, relatable tips to make marketing easy and fun. I'm Kelly, a marketing strategist, Squarespace website designer, and founder of the Women Podcasters Academy. I'll be breaking down big ideas into actionable steps so you can get moving with your marketing with way less stress and way more fun. Today's episode is brought to you by the Women Podcasters Academy. The Academy features a full course and supportive community to help you start and grow your own podcast. You can find more information at womenpodcastersacademy.com. Do you consider yourself a leader? So many solo entrepreneurs don't. I am so happy that you're joining me today because I'm chatting with Anita Brooks about a topic that's really important to entrepreneurs, and that's leadership. Anita motivates dynamic breakthroughs as an international speaker, business coach, certified personality trainer, communications specialist, and marketing expert. Her expertise helps people and organizations identify and plug the invisible drains stealing their money, time, and energy. An award-winning author from the page and stage, Anita inspires people to believe that in business, as in life, it's never too late to make a fresh start with fresh faith. Anita is also the digital course creator for Fast Track Leadership Impact, newly hired, promoted, or motivated manager. And she hosts the Exceptional Leadership Podcast, where she challenges us to remember that we all influence someone. The question is, are we influencing well, exceptionally well? You can find Anita at anitabrooks.com. Welcome, Anita. I am so happy that we are doing this and that you are here today. I am thrilled. It's We both know it's been a little bit of a challenge for us to get here, but I know that this is worth the wait. I'm so excited to be on your show. Oh, thank you. Me too. So I was listening to your podcast, the Exceptional Leadership Podcast, and I have to say I love it. And in particular, I went back and listened to episode two, A Simple Exceptional Leadership Superpower, and I just loved your insights around active listening as a superpower. I just thought that was fabulous. Thank you. It is a passion of mine. I always tell people, I believe God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason, and we should listen twice as much as we speak. But in leadership, it's crucial. And if we're not listening to hear what people are telling us, it can actually cost us money, time, and energy because we can go off on a rabbit trail, unbeknownst to us, because we think we heard what they were saying, but we only absorbed a very small percentage of that. Or we can end up following a process that, frankly, isn't even applicable to the situation. And again, we don't realize it because we thought we had the right information, but we didn't absorb it all. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. And it's a skill that we have to use in coaching for those of us who do any kind of coaching. But it's really difficult, it seems, for just like, quote, average people. It, it, but it is a skill that we can learn and is a real benefit. It is a skill that we can learn. So I am a certified personality trainer. So, of course, in that line of work, I talk a, a lot about extroverts and introverts. And so extroverts are naturally more verbal, more talkative. But one of the things that many people misinterpret about introverts is they think that they're always shy, that they never want to talk, they don't want to interact with other people. And those are not truths. But in fact, if they are in a comfortable situation, typically in a one-on-one, -on -one, they can be very verbal. And actually, sometimes they really want to talk a lot because they're talked over so much. But for any of us, regardless of whether we're extrovert or introvert, we do have to practice good listening skills. So for the extrovert, frankly, in just about any environment, we need to work on closing our lips a little bit and opening our ears. I'm all extrovert by nature. And it was about 25 years ago that I realized that I was a horrid listener. I was constantly interrupting people. I was thinking about what I wanted to say next, even when I wasn't speaking. 
And so I was not engaged. I was not hearing people. And it was causing unnecessary conflicts. It was costing me energy and time because I had to redo so many things. So I set out on a mission to make myself a good listener. And now I'm very practiced at it. Not perfect because my natural extroversion can kick in. But because I practiced it so well, I'm now known as a good listener. And I know some introverts that when they get in what feels like a safe and comfortable space, it would do them well to practice good listening skills because they almost want to overcorrect and then they will over talk sometimes in those scenarios and not realize that they're doing to others one of the things that actually frustrates them. That makes sense. Yeah, since you just brought up being a personality trainer and and this is moving ahead, I was going to bring this up oh. at the end and I and I'm still going to ask you about your background in just a mm-hmm. second. But what I was going to bring up later is your personality quiz on your website. It's on the homepage. If you scroll down a little bit for listeners, it, it, it's fabulous if you want to go there. And so I did it, and, or not quiz, but it's uh, like self-assessment mm-hmm. because you read on there and, and pick out what you most align with. And so I most align with the powerful uh, personality, but... I am not an extrovert. I'm an introvert because I need that downtime. Like I lose energy when I do too much socializing or or much of any socializing. But I'm an open introvert. I, I love talking. I love public speaking. I love doing all of this. So what you were just saying really resonated with me. And I... I don't have too much of a problem with people talking over me unless they are natural big talkers. And then I just sit back and I'm like, okay, you go, whatever you go. (laughs) But yes, there are times that, yeah, I'm like, okay, my turn. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you a question because this is, this is the work that I do. And I I love doing this. I mean, this is probably the, the very favorite thing. It's the foundational thing I do in all of my work. So when you looked at that, and you're right, that is not an actual assessment, but you can do a basic self-assess with that. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I I provided personality basics for the four types that, frankly, we all operate out of. But we'll have a primary and a secondary that we predominantly, I call it the lens that we look at life through, right? This is what drives our thinking and our actions and even our motives sometimes. So when you looked at that, if I were guessing, I'm wondering, was the perfect the one that you would secondly most have identified with? Was that the one that's directly underneath Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's what I would have guessed. And so let me explain a little bit about why I would have guessed that. So the powerful is a naturally extroverted personality type. But the perfect personality is a naturally introverted type. So I often, when I do personality trainings, will have folks come to me and they'll say, Anita, like I felt schizophrenic my whole life. I've literally had multiple people say this to me and they'll say, you just answered that. I never realized that I'm actually one part extrovert, one part introvert. And depending on the situation, the environment, the circumstances, I may navigate more toward one over the other makes perfect sense. And it also answers for us why sometimes we have that need to almost sequester and go off by ourselves and recharge. And other times we're energized by being around groups of people if we fall into that kind of a mix. Mm, True. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that was great. That must be so much fun doing personality training. It is. One of my favorite stories was, this has been probably about 12 years ago, I was working with a business coaching client and there was a labor attorney involved and it was a pretty big case that we were dealing with. And so I was brought in for my expertise. And so about eight months later, we win the case and everything's great. And the, the attorney says, hey, would you like to grab a bite of lunch just to celebrate? And I said, sure. So we're at lunch 
And this guy goes, so, you know, I picked up a little bit on this personality work that you do. And it's pretty interesting. He goes, so you assess people pretty quickly, do you think? And I said, sure. And he goes, so do you think you know what my personality is? And I kind of chuckled because I get that a lot. And uh, I said, sure. And so I kind of gave him a, a, a few insights and he goes, oh, that's pretty good. And I said, well, I said, I'll bet I could guess what your wife is like. And he says, you've never met my wife. And I said, no, but I know that in marriage, opposites absolutely attract. And so he said, okay, I'm game. Tell me what you think. And so I gave him some insights about what I thought her personality might look like. And I said, I can even go a step further and give you an idea of some conversations you might have had from time to time. And he goes, seriously? And I said, yeah. So I begin to tell him just a couple of common types of conversations that take place. And he leans forward and he goes, Anita, have you been hiding outside of our house? (laughs) I laughed and I said, no. I said, "But, but the thing is, we have patterns in our nature, in our natural personalities, that some of them are predictable. It doesn't mean that we're all just the same. It doesn't mean we should label or put people in a box. We can all learn behaviors. We can learn to overcome the weaknesses because every personality has weaknesses as well as strengths. But, and and our life experiences play a role too. But that personality piece will drive how we respond to so many different things. And so there are predictable, especially in communication, some patterns that we see that can help us in life. Mm, That makes sense. Awesome. All right, let me back up and ask about your background. (laughs) You wear so many hats in your business. Personality trainer, communication specialist, training facilitator, and business and life coach. So how did you come to do all of this? Oh, that's a great question. In reality, most of that sought me. I didn't really seek it. Years ago, I was a very young, like 20, 21 year old working in banking. And the president and the CEO of the bank one day came over to our branch and they asked to speak with me. And they wanted to start a quality initiative. Now, you have to understand, this was like 1990, 91. This was a ways back. And they said, we want you to head this up. Well, I'd never heard of a quality initiative. And frankly, back then, this was brand new in the service sector. Now, today, it's just commonplace that we have quality initiatives and we we measure quality and things like that. But back then... We had only been doing it in manufacturing for a few years, but there were very few companies that were doing service quality. So we became the first bank in our state, one of the first in the nation to undergo this. And I was asked to help head it up and I didn't know anything. So I was handed a stack of books and just kind of went to work with it. Well, we put together several teams And we would have like a goal or a mission for each team to achieve. And one of our teams was an executive team. So these were the highest of the high ups of the bank. Every time we would have a session, there was a male and a female who would sit across from each other every time. They both had been with the bank for over 25 years. And every single meeting, they would disrupt it because they would enter into a verbal conflict. And one day it became so heated. And remember, I'm a young 20-something trying to lead this thing, brand new, figuring out as I go. And these two people put their hands on the table, kind of raise up. And I think for a moment it's going to get to physical blows. Well, thankfully, we were able to defuse it for the moment. But right after was called in for a meeting. (laughs) And I was told, I don't care what it costs. I don't care what you do. I want you to figure out how to fix this. Oh. oh, my goodness. So I was sent to, oh, probably four or five different 
leadership trainings and things across the country. I have to give that bank kudos because they really invested in me. I learned a tremendous amount from all of that. But there was one in particular that had a very small segment on human personality. And so they were teaching the Myers-Briggs type indicator, if anyone's ever heard of that. And I knew in that moment there was a key that could help me unlock this situation between these folks. And so I began to become an avid student of human personality, and and I still am today. I will be until I take my final breath. But I learned enough just from that to be able to help resolve this conflict between these two people and figure out some ways, some strategies to, to help reduce that and had great success. And it set me on a trail where more and more people who worked at the bank would tell their family and friends outside of the bank about some of this work that I did with the personalities and so forth. And word just spread. I began to get requests to come speak at conferences and Mm. business retreats and women's retreats and conferences and things. And before you knew it, I was a speaker and I was uh, uh, doing personality. And then I found a program that did certification and personality training. I took that got my certification. And then I just decided after a while, though, that I needed something that was simple enough for people to remember so they could actually apply it. So I not only do personality training, I teach people how to use that information to better their lives personally and professionally. Oh, that's fabulous. You're right. When it's too complicated, we don't remember it. We don't act on it. And that action is so important. Yes, it Wonderful. it really is. And I, I do recognize there's a little bit of a danger with my program. So I call it P4 personality perspective, um, because the labels that I use are four P's. And these labels are simply an adjective that describes what that personality aspires to have more of in their lives. So mm. there's the popular And it's just that they want to be popular, they want to be liked, they want to please people, they're very social beings. And then there's the powerful, and so they're natural leaders, they're great decision makers, they're usually good under pressure, they like control. And then you have the perfect personality, and they're detail and analysis, and and they like to do research, and they want to make sure everything is just right, and it's covered. And then you have the peaceful. And for them, they want to avoid conflict at all costs. They want to make sure that we have harmony and that we're, there's unity between all of us. And so I believe that the diversity of all of those personalities actually makes the world a better place. It brings more balance. And when we begin to understand some of the the depth of that, and, and we don't have time to go into all of that right now, but... It can help us improve our performance, our productivity, our profitability, because understanding the team dynamic and where people come from, it helps you determine better job fits. I always say you absolutely can shove a square peg into a round hole. You can do that, but you will spend your money, time, and energy pulling splinters every single day. And so Mm -hmm. why not just go with the natural job fit and then Mm -hmm. reduce some of the conflict and make it a more pleasurable place to work. Mm-hmm. And then it works in our personal lives too. So that's just kind of a bonus. That's great. Love that analogy that you can fit a, whichever way, I always forget which way, square peg into a round hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, real quick, when you had referred to the the man's saying you could predict what his wife's personality was, I believe, so I have two ex-husbands. I believe that one of them was powerful and the other was uh, uh, perfect, you're looking for. And uh, so no wonder I've got two ex-husbands. If they were both fitting into mine, butting heads constantly. Sure, because there is such a thing as being too much alike. And I have, I mean, I've been doing this work for well over 25 years and I can tell you that I've done a lot of marriage coaching and I've actually been asked to come into marriage retreats and things like that and do this work as well. 
And in all of my years and thousands of assessments that I've given now, I've only had two couples that entire time come out where husband and wife both were the same personality mix. Yes. One is divorced and it was very acrimonious. (laughs) The other, they are both peaceful, perfect. So that peaceful, see the peaceful is the most chameleon-like and adaptive of all the four personalities. And so that peaceful side of them enables them to adapt to situations and each other a little bit. But they still, it, it is extremely hard on them sometimes. That makes sense. Wow, that is so cool. Love it. So I definitely want to get into your P4 Power Coaching. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us about that and how that's different from the P4 Personality? Absolutely. And I I just have to say, it's not intentional that they both have P4s. I literally had been doing both of these, focused on both of these areas where they each have four Ps and didn't even realize that that was the the pattern. But the P4... Well, alliteration is great. And, you know, you can't help what letter comes up. (laughs) Exactly. And it works. Alliteration helps us remember. And again, it kind of goes back to what I said about personality. If it's simple enough for us to remember, then we are more prone to apply it and better our lives. And those of us or those around people, I can't say that. Okay, let me say that again. We are more prone to better our own lives and better the lives of those around us. So, but the P4 Power Coaching stands for People, Processes, Performance, and Profitability. Now, the core, the foundation of all of this is people. None of us works alone. We might think that we work alone, but we really don't. We, I don't know of any business and I do have a couple of solopreneurs that I work with currently and I've had others in the past. They do not work alone. They have vendors. They have customers. There are always people involved and oftentimes they'll have subcontractors that they work with. So we need to have people skills. And we need to understand at least, you know, have a basic knowledge of human nature, human nature to the point that it helps us achieve the goals and the missions that we're striving for. So we need to to know the people piece. Then the processes. I am always amazed when I am asked to come into any kind of an organization or business for the first time, how little attention is given to process. We need to make sure that we have structures and systems in place for many reasons. One, for uniformity. You know, it's kind of like, you know, let's say that you're going to bake a specific type of a cake. And let's say in this case, it's going to be a coconut lime, you know, just for the sake of. So it's a very specific type of cake. Well, let's say that we serve this cake and everybody loves it, but we kind of threw it together And so duplicating that, we really don't know how to, even if we wanted to. It's the same thing with not having clear systems and structures in place, not knowing what the process is. And having that documented, I think, is very important. But another reason is we never know what's going to happen. I always Mm -hmm. work from a preventables motive. So if, if, if a situation arises that I cannot prevent, I have to deal with that. But if I've not dealt with my preventables, then I am having to deal double fold unnecessarily. If I took care of my preventables, I only have to deal with the unpreventable. Mm -hmm. And so if something happens, let's say that there's a key individual that is involved in a process, but, you know, the people around it don't really know what the process is or there's no documentation to figure out what the process is and God forbid something happens to that individual, which by the way, I have seen on more than one occasion, then it, I mean, the work can either come to a screeching halt or at the very best, we kind of like limp along for a while until we figure out how to get things going up. And, and very few businesses I know can afford that, especially in today, Mm -hmm. you know, where Mm -hmm. we're at with inflation and coming out of a pandemic and all of the, and the employee shortage. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the great resignation that businesses are dealing with at the time. We cannot afford to put ourselves in that kind of jeopardy. So we need to make sure that we have clear processes. Yeah. And, and even when you just said like the preventables, mm-hmm. especially a solo entrepreneur, if you don't have things set up for someone else to take over, let's say an accident happens, you're laid up in the hospital, you get killed. I mean, I'm being as doom and gloom as possible on purpose. How will someone, a family member, be able to find what accounts to cancel, what subscriptions to cancel, what vendors to pay one last time or whatever, if we don't have all of that set up? I was thinking about that recently. It's like, oh my gosh, well, it's all in my computer in a document. And I've told close family members how to get in to all of that, but I need it printed out. Yes, I agree. And I've seen those kinds of scenarios happen. I -hmm. have seen someone who worked very hard for many years, build a thriving business, but thought they had all the time in the world and got a cancer diagnosis And literally, they passed so quickly. I mean, I'm talking less than two weeks. There wasn't, yes. I mean, it was bad by the time they were diagnosed. So there was not time for them to pass this kind of information on. I know someone. And that's not how you want to spend your last two weeks anyway. No, exactly. And you don't want to do that to your loved ones either. Right. And what about, you know, I mean, our businesses, when we're an entrepreneur, like our businesses are like another child. So do you really just want to leave your child to chance and hope that it's cared for? Most of the time it won't be unless you have systems in place to prepare for that Mm -hmm. so that people are equipped. Like you said, I'm the same. I, I have a lot. I mean, I have decades of experience and knowledge and resources documented that have come through years of work. I don't want that lost. So I actually, not only do I have a trusted family member, but I have a couple of people in my P4 Power Coach organization that I trust that if anything happens to me, they can make sure that the torch carries on. Because I do this work because I care, because I want to help make businesses in the world a better place. And so I know that I can entrust that with them, but I've had to be intentional to make sure they have the right information accessible. Does that make sense? Great. So So I interrupted you before the uh, fourth P. Oh, no, no, no. The third P. Yeah. So the third P is performance. And This really goes to making sure that we are measuring and we're measuring the right things. So often businesses just really do that old thing where they throw, you know, a bunch of stuff against the wall and they hope something sticks or they like camp on the couple of things that do. And then they almost become like um, just, I won't say obsolete, but they certainly become stale after a while Mm -hmm. because they focused everything on that. And so we need to make sure that we are measuring our performance and that we are encouraging positive performance, that we're reinforcing that with our folks and Mm -hmm. that we're measuring using data. We're making data-driven decisions and not just emotionally based decisions. It's fascinating how many in leadership will tell themselves that they're practical and they're objective and they're fact-based when in reality they are emotionally charged and almost every decision they make is based on emotions. And there's nothing wrong with human emotion, but we do have to understand our emotions can lie to us. So we need to make sure that we keep our finger on the pulse of performance. We're encouraging good performance. We're supporting performance. We're providing the resources, the materials our people need to perform well, and that we're not just blaming them. If there is an issue with performance, that we're really taking a look at that 
first off asking if we ourselves have a role to play in that or if there's something that we can do to help improve that and then making sure that our people get the provisions that they need. Mm, so that's great. And then the last P is profitability. I don't know any business that doesn't want to make a profit, doesn't need to make a profit. And over the long term, you can't sustain yourself if you don't make a profit. So even those who have very lofty goals or, or um, altruistic kind of missions, I think that's wonderful. And I have a couple of clients that that is the reason they do what they do. Hey, that's why I do what I do. Money's not my primary mm-hmm. focus. But... I still have to make enough money, enough profit to be able to sustain the work that I do and take care of the people I need to help me do it. And so if we're not keeping an eye on our profitability, again, measuring that, Mm -hmm. then we can, before we know it, run out, run out of steam, financial steam, and then we can't keep doing the work that we feel called to or that we want to do. And I see that happen a lot. I, I, I know businesses, and I'm talking businesses that are bringing in at least a couple of million dollars a year, so it's not anything to sneeze at. But they're in trouble right now because they weren't measuring profitability. They just thought, oh, we got the money flowing in. And so what happens is they're not paying attention to things like waste. They're not looking at labor and seeing you know, is it truly productive or are we just paying people to show up? And I've seen businesses that are no longer alive and well. They've closed their doors because they did not pay enough attention to their net profitability. That makes sense. And that's really sad if you're paying attention to the wrong numbers. Yeah. It is. And and it's sad that there are people who have amazing dreams and they actually will make their dreams come true, but sustaining the dream over the long haul is different than, than that initial honeymoon phase. When you're so excited about everything, you've got to be able to have an eye on all four of these pieces to keep yourself to maintain and to grow as you want to in business, or eventually things will shrivel up and die, sadly. Mm. Mm. That's great. You are coaching around a lot of different areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, that means you have a real breadth and clearly depth of expertise there to be able to do that. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's one of the blessings. So, you know, I'm sure that in this world, a lot of times that we're told that we needed, we need to concentrate on a specific niche, right? And I do have niche, probably my biggest niche is my uh, human nature personality awareness. Okay, so that's probably the biggest strength. But another strength I have is because I, I am asked to come into a lot of different types of industries. And I never do work with one that is not relevant and applicable to others. And because I have that diversity in the types of organizations I work with, I get to bring knowledge to other institutions they would never gain. Because, you know, we tend to kind of cluster with people who are like us or similar to us. And so, for instance, banking, that is a large part of my coaching practice. But so is healthcare, and so is recreation and hospitality. Now, all three of those sound very different, but here's the commonalities. One, there are always people involved. Right. There are always, there's, there's always a need for processes, for clear processes. Mm-hmm. Performance is always important, and all of them have to have a healthy net profitability to survive. So there are aspects that I learn from each of those others that, that can help be applied. The other thing is there's a commonality that I identified several years ago in my business coaching practice. I realized I was actually at a resort in Florida, fairly large resort, and their middle management team was what I was called in to work with for this particular scope. 
And as I was sitting down and I was doing interviews with the managers, I think I was on the third one. And I always have a series of questions that I, I know will help me unearth and, and get to the deeper needed places quickly. But as I was going through and I'm listening to the responses and I'm taking my copious notes as I always do, I began to recognize there were patterns as far as what I was hearing. Then that evening as I was typing up some of the notes and I was thinking a little bit more about things, I realized I had heard these patterns before from other businesses. Well, then I became intentional. And so I like kind of sleuthing and being a detective in some of my, my business coaching. And what I discovered is I believe that there are seven core, what I call invisible drains, that every organization, if I walk in, I'm going to find issues in all seven of these areas. Now, they're mm. on my website. They're actually in the same area where you can find the personality basics. But these right. are the seven core invisible drains. And I have them in a specific order. I've spent a lot of my time thinking about the order of importance or priority in addressing them. So here's what they are. If you put the words unclear and inconsistent in front of each of these, okay? So first one is unclear and inconsistent expectations. So that's what we think, right? So we, we have these thoughts, these expectations in our minds, and they may or may not be reasonable. The other person or people may not know what our expectations are, but we operate out of those. And so often I find that others don't know what we expect, or it isn't clear, or it's inconsistent. One day it may appear as if this is our expectation. The next day it may appear as if it's a 180 of that expectation, that causes confusion and chaos. Mm -hmm. The second one is unclear and inconsistent communication. I always tell people communication is not cliche. There is a reason that is an evergreen topic. Professionally, personally, I don't care. Whatever aspect of life, there are communication challenges. So we need to be clear and consistent and intentional about what and how we communicate. And then the third one is unclear and inconsistent processes. And we've already talked about that. And then the fourth one is unclear and inconsistent training. And the reason I have processes before training is because we need to set the uh, processes before we train, or we may have to do double the work. So we need to have that sense. order. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the fifth one is unclear and inconsistent customer care. One, I'm intentional to use the term customer care versus customer service for two reasons. One is we've heard customer service so much, it has become cliche, we kind of drown it out. But mm -hmm. two, just the word care itself, it, it just gives you more of an emotional connection to what the expectation would be with that. The yeah. other thing about customer care is I believe that we need to be intentional about our internal as well as our external customer. So our internal customer are the people we're working closely with alongside of. Sometimes we're their customers, sometimes they're our customers. And then, of course, there's the customer who's opening their wallet, hopefully, to purchase right. our services <laughs> and our products. So we, we need to be intentional about providing exceptional customer care. And, then, and care to me implies nurturing. Yes. And we need to nurture all of those relationships, not just service them. Yes. And I agree with you. And nurturing, and you said it, relationship. When mm -hmm. we have a customer, we need to be in relationship with them. And it can't be all about what we get. It's got to be at least as much about what we give. And I believe we get what we give. So the more you pour out, the more you're going to receive in. And then my sixth invisible drain is unclear and inconsistent accountability. It's shocking how many in leadership struggle with accountability. And it's not taught in the colleges. It's not taught in the high schools. And, and we just promote people or we hire someone into a leadership position, but really there's no, there's not been extensive training on the subject. I'm actually working on creating something right now to provide that kind of training because there's such a need for it. But if you deal with accountability early and often, then, and you deal with it appropriately, it doesn't have to be a negative. See, we think of accountability as all being negative. But actually, if you start out, accountability can be an encouragement. It can be a supporting environment. And it can prevent 
losing someone because we just discount them or we blame them instead of asking ourselves, how can I help? How can we solve this? How can we improve this? And we can salvage people and we can actually turn some diamonds in the rough who maybe look like a lump of coal right now into something that's really sparkling and bright if we'll invest ourselves in that. That's fantastic. So you're, what you're describing there about accountability also sounds like nurturing or care. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I really believe I bring the heart into leadership mm-hmm. and, and what we do as leaders. Mm-hmm. And, and then the last one is a very practical, but it's execution, unclear and, and inconsistent execution. Yesterday, I was speaking to a large crowd of business leaders and, you know, I was telling them the number one complaint when I am asked to do employee interviews, which is very common in the work I do, the number one complaint employees have, and I just got an email last night about this, is a leader will make a promise but they forget they made the promise and then they break the promise and they don't even realize they did it. But that also breaks trust. And the number one thing that I hear from employees that frustrates them, that's a broken promise is a leader will say, okay, I'm going to give you an evaluation in this time period. And this time period comes and goes and nothing happens and nothing's ever said. And this employee is too intimidated to go to the leader and say, hey, I thought we were going to do an evaluation and you had mentioned possibility of a raise. And so they're afraid, but they're also internally becoming frustrated, which can lead to resentment, which can lead to bitterness, which can lead to justification, which is extremely dangerous for any kind of organization. So follow through, execution, paying attention to what you say is number seven. That's great. Wonderful. And uh, you said you do share that on your website as well, or you just use that internally? No, I share that on my website as well. So mm-hmm. if if they scroll down on my homepage, actually they will find um, the seven core invisible drains. They'll find the personality information and then they'll also find the seven superpowers of exceptional leadership something that i'm that's right yeah really passionate about too so yeah i looked at that one too awesome you are generous in what you share there well i again i do this for it's my way to hopefully help make the world a better place I can't touch everyone, but I I try to touch as many as I can. I always think about the starfish mentality. You know, the, the, all the starfish that have washed up on the shoreline and the man's walking along and he's tossing many of them back into the ocean. And someone comes up and says, you know, why are you bothering? There are so many of them. You can't save all of them. And the man picks up a starfish, tosses it in the ocean, says, I just saved that one. What I do is about souls and not sails. Because I believe if I take care of the souls, the cells will take care of themselves. And they do. I'm very blessed. I'm very fortunate. I am profitable because my mission really is to make sure that I pour out as much as I possibly have to give in the best way. That's beautiful. Love that perspective. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to share that I haven't asked you about before I ask you to share about a program you have coming up? Um, anything else that I would want to share? My goodness, there's just so much. Well, you know I what? Know. You do have a lot. I guess I would share a couple of insights um, from my seven superpowers. Yes, Great. you can go find this on my website, mm-hmm. uh, but... Just to kind of reiterate a couple of those. So one is making sure that we really, what I call guarding our mental mouths. (laughs) So paying Mm -hmm. attention to our self-talk. What is it that we're thinking about other people? What are we thinking about situations? What are we thinking about problems? Really paying attention to that and making sure that it's beneficial. You know, we're yes we all have thoughts and sometimes we have thoughts that start getting away from us but take that thought captive and then reframe it you know if you're thinking you know blame 
towards a situation or a person, but you've not investigated and done your due diligence to make sure that it's fact-based instead of just emotion-based, then you may be doing a disservice to other people, but you may so may also be uh, harming your own leadership. So we have to guard against that. But when we do, and we're very careful with our self-talk, it raises and elevates us in our leadership. Mm. And then another one is just the power of expressing gratitude. I'm so often surprised, I shouldn't be after all this time, but I'm so often surprised at how many people will say to me, Anita, no one's ever said I appreciate you before. Because I try to use that a lot. But I don't just throw it around willy-nilly. It's something that I'm looking for something genuine and authentic, sincere to be able to focus on in that individual to look for a strength or a gifting or a talent ability that they have. And then say, boy, I really appreciate how you do that. Or I just appreciate you and your heart. I've had grown men and women tear up and tell me that no one has ever expressed appreciation or gratitude. So I try oh. to make, I know, isn't that heart-wrenching? Yeah. So I go through my life and I really try to make sure that I spread that. I want to be a joy splasher. And mm -hmm. part of the way I do that is to express gratitude. So yes, I do it with the people I work with. I also do it in restaurants. When I go to mm -hmm. a restaurant, so many wait staff are treated either as if they're invisible or like they're dirt under the feet of patrons. Like yeah. they're here to serve me. You know, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. spending my good money. Well, I have a different approach. When I go to a restaurant, if that employee does not have a name tag on, then I ask them what their name is very early. And then I Wonderful. make it my challenge that I want to use their name at least three times throughout that experience. Here's what nice. happens for me. I mean, one, I'm doing it just to acknowledge them as a human being. I tell them what I appreciate about what they do well, but I get exceptional service. Yes. For, you know, and I don't do it for yeah. that reason, but it's, it's a beautiful right. outcome. Yeah. You are so right about the appreciate thing. I, yes, I don't throw it around willy nilly either. I mm -hmm. want it to mean something, but there is a distinct difference and feeling between I appreciate it and I appreciate you. Yes. And when I say it or particularly write it like in an email, I, I pause before I write one or the other. And sometimes all I mean is I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Even though that's kind of a, a throwaway in some ways, you know, even though I still appreciate it. But when I want to add that something extra, you know, when I'm really, really feeling it, I want them to know I feel it. And I say, I appreciate you. Yes, I agree. And it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And, and, Remember, even if you're the solopreneur and you're kind of like the, the, the main focus of your business endeavor, you can make sure that you look for and acknowledge appreciation for your vendors, for mm -hmm. your customers. And when you become very intentional, I can tell you right now, when, as we have a supply shortage, if you mm -hmm. have nurtured a strong relationship with your vendors, they are going to bend over backwards to make sure that you are taken care of. They will do everything within their power, often to put you at the head of the line because you have an authentic, genuine relationship that is built on gratitude and appreciation. True. Great point. So. Awesome. Well, I want you to tell listeners about your upcoming program in July. Oh, I am so excited. It is July about this. that it's launching, is yes, that right? It is July, launching the first week of July. And if they go to my website, anitabrooks.com, they can find information there. Uh, I am thrilled to be able to offer this. This is something I have had business coaching clients asking me for for almost 20 years. Oh. Yes. 
I, I keep getting requests to do a training program for managers because again, what do we tend to do? We promote someone because they've been there for a while or we hire someone off the street. But I'm talking about the kind of training that comes from being in the trenches of leadership. So it's not the textbook, you know, type of business training that you're going to get in an educational forum. I'm talking about knowing what leaders really need to manage people, which is, by the way, their most important role. So the name of the digital course that I am thrilled to be releasing in July is called Fast Track Leadership Impact. And it is a P4 Power Coaching certification program for the newly hired, promoted, or motivated leader. And when I say motivated, it may be that you're feeling challenged, you feel like you're in a rut, you're maybe frustrated because you never got real leadership training and you just were thrown in the mix. And this could have been five or 10 years ago, but you know that you need something to help you inspire and motivate your people and get them engaged at a greater level and to work more efficiently. So frankly, you can help drive that net profitability. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I, I am cool. so excited. Yeah, and I have many of my coaching clients that are glad I finally have gotten it done. <laughs> I'll bet. Wow, to be asked for two decades and you're finally doing it. I'm That's a little great. slow sometimes. <laughs> That's right. You've been busy. Yes. So can people go ahead and sign up to be notified when they can officially register? Yeah, so if they text uh, 33777 and then type in 2022 digital course, all one word, no okay. spaces, then that will take them to a page where they can actually go ahead and sign up. And we're doing, awesome. and I'll make this available for your listeners. So what that text does is actually takes them to a little, well, not little, it's the full fledged out course, but I'm doing a founding members launch. Okay. And so I'm doing this actually starting June 6th is when the program will start. So nice. if your people want to go ahead and text that in, they can get in on that and they can actually get a leg up maybe on their competitors and they can go ahead and, and get started on the course a little bit earlier. Oh, nice. Thank you. Well, That's fabulous. My pleasure. I, like I get, I said, I'm so thrilled to be able to finally um, put this out in the world because I know how much it's needed. That's wonderful. I appreciate you for doing that. My pleasure. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here today. We powered through the challenges that were trying to stymie us. <laughs> yes. And we did it. <laughs> yes, we did. We have overcome. We are victorious. <laughs> yes, we have. All right. So thank you all for being here today and listening. Wherever you're listening, I'd love it if you would leave a positive review and subscribe. And you can leave comments on this post on my website, AngelaKellySmith.com forward slash podcast. And the direct link is in the show notes. I will be back on Friday with another new episode of the Marketing Chat Podcast. See you then.